I'm Tim Garland. You're listening to the Trail Connection Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Trail Connection Podcast. Last week, I had an opportunity to sit down with Paul Vazinski of the Aptitude Outdoors podcast. I had a great conversation with him, and uh, he interviewed me a little bit. I interviewed him a little bit, and uh, I wanted to share that episode with you. But after I was editing, I realized that I did not set him up at all or even introduce him. So I wanted to do that real quick before we dove in. So without further ado, here's Paul. Hey, Tim. Nice to meet you, man. Finally get to talk in person uh, over, uh, what is this, Zoom? I don't know what we're using right now. <laughs> yeah, some some goofy thing. <laughs> you're uh, you're down there in Florida. I'm up here in Ohio. And, man, I've been listening to your podcast, doing some awesome stuff. You're, uh, you're an outdoorsman, near and dear to my own heart of the outdoors as well. Uh, so what what's your kind of background how'd you get into the outdoors and and where did this passion come from to start a podcast trail connection podcast well to give you the cliff notes version um the the first couple episodes of my podcast i I do a real deep dive into kind of the background on why i got started but um growing up i've always been an outdoors guy always loved fishing and hiking and camping that kind of stuff and the last uh last couple years prior to starting the podcast i just kind of dove headfirst into my career and got really overwhelmed with my job and to the point where I didn't really have a whole lot of uh, exter- external stuff going on. And uh, I didn't like that. I didn't like where I ended up. I didn't like how consumed I was with my career and how burnt out I was getting. And so decided I was going to do something that uh, was not going to be able to turn into an entrepreneurial activity because I'm kind of a, a business savvy guy. So I was like, I need to get into outdoor activities. I need to get into outdoor hobbies because it's stuff that I love doing growing up, and uh, it gave me an opportunity to get involved with something that I can't, I can't just turn around into some kind of business. So started doing that, and then along the, the process of really kind of rejuvenating and getting back to the basics, um, with just for a love of the outdoors and learning some skills that I'd be able to enjoy with my kids when they get a little bit bigger. Uh, I was like, you know, this is a really cool process. I want to document it. So, hey, let's do a podcast. And so <laughs> it, it does kind of like borderline, you know, this this could potentially be a business. Um, but I, I've got my wife to kind of keep me in line. So <laughs> she's like, that's not why you're doing it. That's <laughs> not why you're doing it. So, um, but yeah, just uh, it just an, an opportunity to, to go some, see some cool places and learn from some people that have a lot more experience than I do, you know, that's, that's kind of what it's all about for me right now. So I've been enjoying it. I've been, uh, I'm coming up on a one year, one year with a podcast, which is crazy. Same, same. It's getting pretty, it's kind of weird to think it's been that long too, isn't it? Like you just do it. You, you make episodes, you put them out and then you're like, Oh my gosh, it's been what is nine. I'm nine months in and I'm like, it just feels like I started it the other day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it doesn't help that like half this year has been just the twilight zone. So yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, helps. that really, <laughs> that really does not help. So what do you do down there in Florida to explore, man? I've, I, I know about the Florida trail. I know that there's a lot of like good hunting and fishing opportunities, but being in Ohio, I've been to Florida a handful of times growing up. So, uh, you also have a lot more access to like, you're a lot closer to mountains than I would be. So you probably have a lot more recreational mm-hmm. opportunities. And I know you kind of talk about 
on your podcast being like, uh, sometimes, you know, I don't like what I'm doing and where I'm from and this and that, but what, what do you do down in Florida to kind of camp or backpack or any of that stuff? Well, in Florida, you got about like three weeks out of the year for prime <laughs> camping, uh, weather. Uh, so you got to make it count, you know, uh, most people, they book out their vacation for hunting season, like in the fall so they can leave and go hunt. I, I book out like half of December just to camp. So, um, you know, there's, there's, there's just not a whole lot of opportunities down here for like real comfortable camping. You know, I, I, I love it whenever you got crisp, cool air, you know, cold, chilly nights to that. That's like ideal, but you can have a lot of fun down here, um, in the fall time, you know, the weather's still going to be like in the mid seventies, low seventies, which isn't ideal, but it's, it's comfortable. So, um, anytime that the, the weather starts changing, you know, I start pitching the tent in the backyard with the kids or I, my, my property backs up to some recreational areas. So I get an opportunity to go back there quite a bit. And that's where I do a lot of my camping. Um, there's a lot of state parks and, um, you know, local areas within a 30 to 45 minute drive radius, uh, that you can, you can get some, um, like KOA type type camping done. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of those places offer primitive camping, which is cool. Um, I do a lot of kayaking. I do a lot of, uh, on the, on Hillsborough river and Manatee river, different, different spots around here. There's a lot of springs to go tubing or, or swimming or, or kayaking on, um, or about an hour from the beach, you know, so I have an opportunity to go out there quite a bit, do a little bit of fishing. My brother's more of the hunter and angler of the camp, of the family. I'm, uh, I'm kind of the outdoorsy hiking, hiking and <laughs> camping kind of guy he 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 always says you know if i'm gonna go walking somewhere i gotta kill something to make it worthwhile so you know he, he's not gonna be on the podcast i don't think <laughs> yeah that's that's one thing uh i've noticed on your podcast man you're a very deep thinker like you think about stuff way yeah. more than anybody i know in the outdoors world that i know with the podcast and all this you're always like real considerate of of what you're doing. Like you, you can take a, a, a backpacking trip and like, think about it and talk about it just solo for an hour. Whereas me, I'm the opposite. I've been, I've been trying to think of how to do a solo podcast and I'm just like, I don't have anything to say. I just show up, bumble around like that was fun. And then I just go somewhere, go on to the next thing. So I really enjoy that aspect because it like kind of slows down and makes mm-hmm. you think about the outdoors. So is that just how you are as a person? Like you think you seem like a thinker. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a deep thinker for sure. Um, I, I probably come across on the, on the podcast as like this real somber, like not fun person at all. Um, no. which is totally opposite. Like the feel I get <laughs> from your podcast, it's like super energetic and really fun. <laughs> and like, I love, I love the interaction that you have with your guests and stuff. Uh, that your personality translates really well through the interview process. Um, but you know, that's not me. I, I, I am definitely like a thinker and, and one that kind of can find some deep meaning and stuff, you know, a, a great scenery or a good, uh, good atmosphere can really kind of spark my imagination. But, you know, as far as, um, that just being who I am all the time, like I assure you, I wouldn't bore you to death if we went camping <laughs> together <laughs> looking at, you know, studying the uh the meaning of life with about everything <laughs> hey man i need that I don't, yeah. I don't i don't think about anything we just got back from pictured rocks up in michigan and it was like boom 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 
take pictures, we run, we do the trail, we're going to go this place, this place, this place, and we drove home. So it's like, yeah. I'm just like 24-7 energy, and then I crash. That's like, that's yeah. what I do. That's all <laughs> but good, I know I can think, be fun. I think we need that, though. Like, there's a dichotomy between what you do and what I do. Yeah. And I really enjoy that you do a lot of your podcasting out in the woods because, you know, I'm always in this controlled environment. I mean, if people are watching this, you can see I'm in this room. Uh, you can hear a lot of ambient, like, woods noises. The one I just listened to earlier, you were kayaking. You could hear, like, owls mm -hmm. in the background, and it's just, like, this awesome ambiance to the podcast. I think that's really cool because you just kind of, like, go out, you do – an activity you do you go explore something and then you just kind of talk about it and how you feel and how things are going and what you're trying to get off your chest and like that's really important because that's what the outdoors to me is about like when i'm not talking about it i yeah. do the same thing i'm out there just chilling and, and letting it be yeah when what's your yeah when i when i first started the podcast it? Yeah. it was Oh, yeah, when I first started the podcast, that's what I had in mind. Like, every episode was going to be an excursion. Everything was going to be outside. I wanted that background noise, you know. Like, I wanted the feel of my podcast to be, like, you're just chilling around a fire with your buddies, just, like, talking about camp, campfire stories, you know, like, sharing experiences and stuff and learning from one another. And that's that's really what the Trail Connection is all about. It's about coming together with people that have a similar love for the outdoors who have some great experiences to share and just laughing and having a good time. And, and unfortunately, you know, the way that I've started the, my podcast, it has, it's been a little bit difficult trying to get people lined up with these outdoor excursions. You know, that's more mm -hmm. of a commitment than just like an hour in the evening, you yeah. know. So I've had to adapt. And so that's why you got the studio. You know, I've got that's why I've got this set up to where I can bring some people in and maybe just splice over some video of a cool trip that I've taken. But ideally, you know, it's, it want, I want it to be excursion based. And, and so, you know, as I progress through the, the season that I've got planned, then there'll be more and more of those types of episodes. But um, yeah, I just want to mix in a, a little bit of like how to, um, you know, my thought and philosophy on, on life in general. And then uh, really, because I'm kind of a newer hiker, I, uh, I'm wanting to try to bring my audience along the way with like learning about the, the different processes of selecting gear and, and, you know, planning your hikes and, and taking these trips and stuff, because it's all kind of new to me. And the whole, the whole concept behind my podcast is to really kind of document all of that for my kids. Cause they're pretty young and they'll be able to see later on whenever they look back that, Hey, dad didn't really know what he was doing. And, and this is how he learned. This is how he went about it. He learned from people. And so that's why it's important to connect with one another. Yeah, I really like that. You did an episode from the Appalachian Trail, and you kind of talked through the process. I believe it was a two-part episode. You talked through the process, and you guys kind of just like you and your friend. Sorry, I forget his name. But you guys kind of just like talked through what it was like, what you took out there, mm -hmm. how the experience went. And, you know, something that you do a lot of is is talking about gear and, and situations. And I don't do that a lot. I'm more just like kind of telling stories all the time. Uh, and I know you wanted to talk about gear, so I I have tons and tons and tons of gear uh, to the point where it's just like, oh my god! I was like, gonna go to REI this weekend. I was like, I already I don't need to go to REI. I have so, I <laughs> yeah. have REI at my house. Yeah. So what's that? 
I haven't gone through that new experience of getting like gear for the first time in a long time. Like I know what I want. I know what I have. Yeah. I know what I need. What was that like for you to kind of just like go through that process of like finding out what works and what doesn't and what'd you start out with and how'd that kind of evolve over time to where you're at now? You probably have it pretty dialed into what you like. Yeah. Um, so the first backpack I was, I ever used the first one I took on my first AT section hike was a Teton bag, and that was given to me by another friend, actually the guy who went with me, uh, John. And um, it was one of those things, is like I didn't have a ton of extra money to throw into it, but it was something that I was like accumulating smaller gear, which, mm-hmm. by the way, I've got a ton of gear too, and half of that crap I don't even touch anymore. So like, yeah. to yeah. rookies that are listening, uh, if you think you need it, you probably don't. So just <laughs> nope. get, it, get it off your Amazon cart. Um, <laughs> so... I started out with a Teton bag and uh, ended up buying a decent, um, a decent sleeping bag and just some, you know, ultralight type gear. It wasn't anything top of the line at all. Basically, like Amazon specials, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, got enough stuff to get going and then realized that I packed like 20 pounds too much in my pack. And so Classic, it's been yeah. a process of like just get gear, get gear, get gear. And then now it's like, I don't need that. I don't need that. I don't need that. And so I don't really have a, a great technique. It's more so just like I'm, I haven't touched that since I bought it. So get it out of the back. So um, it's, it's, I'm glad that you brought that up because I did. I wanted to talk to you about um, your experience of, of doing a through hike, um, mm-hmm. which, by the way, dude, that's like top notch. I respect anybody who has been able to do a full through hike on any of these trails. But, you know, especially the AT, that one's near and dear to me. But uh, major yeah. props to that. So I do want to talk about that in in a couple minutes. I want to get some uh, information about that. But kind of the idea that I had when I wanted to talk to you about gear was if you started this through hike, you know, if you kind of started at the same point where you're trying to plan for this full hike, you know, were there anything along the, was there anything along the way that you're like, I got to dump this or I'm going to definitely need to get this at the next stop? How, How did you work through that process of like, uh, getting your pack ideal along the way dude it was so much trial and error it was so my before through hiking the at i literally did not have any experience like i would hike this local trail that's like 10 miles up the road from my house it's like a 15 mile trail and i did my research like i went online you know we're lucky to live in an age where you can look up anything on the internet and youtube um, and we're, you know, it's kind of a curse as well because everyone has an opinion on everything. <laughs> and, uh, oh, it, yeah, I really just was like my mindset, even then before I knew what I was doing was like, I know I'm going to be walking really far every day. So I don't want a lot of stuff. So I researched mm-hmm. it. This is five years ago. So the gear's gotten even lighter and more affordable since, since then. And so mm-hmm. I was like all in i went to rei i tried on packs i got you know the the best of everything that i could think of but while trying to balance the price because i was going to be living off of my bank account for six months and Mm -hmm. uh yeah man that was it was a lot of research i ended up going with the lightest gear that i could afford which is always kind of my suggestion to people starting out is like you don't have to buy the $350 backpack. You don't have to buy the $200 sleeping pad, especially now. 
I mean, when I started out, a, a, a Thermarest Neo Air was like $250. And yeah. it, it's a great thing, but they make $70 sleeping pads now that are pretty dang comparable to that. So it's yeah. like, you know, um, but I did the research. I bought the nice gear, which I still use today. I still have like an Osprey, uh, like 58 liter pack, Exos 58 liter pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the lightest backpack on the market or whatever, but I don't care, <laughs> you know, like it's a yeah. functional backpack. And at this point, like the evolution has gotten so it's like the opposite of when I started. Like now I don't care because I, the longest backpacking trip I go on anymore, I would say is maybe, maybe five days at the most absolute most. So I already have all the ultralight quote unquote ultralight gear, uh, mm-hmm. I used to have these big checklists and I blah, blah, blah. And now it's just like, I've done it so many times. I just know what I need. You, and and yeah. it's super easy in my brain. Like you need something like a sleep system, whether it's a hammock, whether it's a tent, like whatever you want, it's cool. Use it. If there's trees, use a hammock. If there's not use a tent or whichever you prefer, like mm-hmm. a sleeping pad of some sort, a cook set of some sort. Like I don't even like the brands don't matter. I'm like, whatever's in the box I have in my garage of old gear that's laying around, I just throw it in a bag and like food. Like it's cool. I'll bring a camera now because all I do is apparently is post stuff on the internet. (laughs) And it's like, I think, I think that's the point that, um, a lot of people should try and get to is like, yeah, you've made the mistakes. You brought the gear you didn't need. And, and some of the stuff, you know, throughout the years you just learn is completely useless. Like, yeah. for an example, I used to bring, uh, what are those, like the trowel? Like, I haven't brought oh, yeah. a trowel with me in any any years. Uh, there's there's gear like, I don't know. Um, in the mountains, trekking poles are useful, but around where I'm at right now, Ohio, Michigan, Indiana, like, I don't need trekking poles. Yeah. Um, and just little weird stuff that you don't necessarily think of, like... On the flip side, there's stuff that I do bring now that I wouldn't have brought before. Like, I always bring a camp pillow. I don't care if it's five extra ounces. I don't care about that. I always bring that. I always bring my DSLR now because I just like taking pictures. And it's like, actually, my pack's gotten heavier, but I have more enjoyment out of it, you know? (laughs) Yeah, no, that's that's good because, like, mine was totally opposite. Like, I, I started heavy, but I had, like, a snake bite kit. And like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, my, uh, my little collapsible chair, which I, I do love. And that's something Those that like, I, I'm, I'm on the fence so many times with that thing because it's like, yeah, it's extra gear, but it's so nice to like, just kick back at the end of a day, you know, especially when you do like a 12 or 13 mile day. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of one of those ones. It's like, you know, it's, it's probably always going to come no matter what, but, um, I've kind of gone through the process of like the first couple of hikes that I've done either whatever gear hurt me or it was just like, no, this is, this is just too heavy. Like that just, I, I asked it, it was gone. Um, mm-hmm. so I actually got a brand new Osprey pack, like right when I got back from that first section yep. hike, <laughs> um, because that, that Teton was great. I mean, those are good packs are good starter packs, but there's just like no comfort around the shoulders and it's really hard to get them cinched down around the waist to where you're carrying the majority of your weight like on your shoulders and so that was just like you know I, I've I've got to do this if I'm going to be effective next time so 
there's those necessity buys that come after, or I say necessities. That's what I tell my wife. So (laughs) it's going to hurt me, babe. It's going to hurt my back. So, um, but, uh, no, for real, it's, it's one of those things. It's just like, I, I love gear too, but I can almost get to a point where I'm, I'm just buying stuff that's useless. And so, like I said, I got a ton of stuff sitting in the closet right now. I'm, I'm actually going through the process of organizing and getting rid of some of it because it's just, you know, why did I buy it? Why do I have this stuff that I've never used? So, no, that's good. That's good input. Um, yeah, I was just curious, like, you know, along the way, because every time you hop on the AT, you know, pretty much at every shelter or halfway between mm-hmm. the shelters, you find like random stuff hanging on tree branches or like stuffed in those bear boxes and stuff like that. Yep. Um which actually works out pretty good because uh, the, the last trip that I did, I don't know if you listened to that episode or not, but I ended up using somebody's pants that they left yep. in there because mine were soaked. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, uh, so, I've never, I've never stolen anybody's pants. Not stolen, but taken old pants. Yep. But I've been close a few times. <laughs> that that was one of those things where I was just like, you know, it's I'm doing it for the story. I'm doing it for the story. <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, so. honestly, the the most important gear to me is my shoes because yeah, I have messed up feet. Like my feet are super screwed up, and like I've gone through so many pairs of shoes. I was used to wear boots. Now I've switched over to trail runners, and I've gone through yeah. like I don't know. I'm on like my fifth different style of trail runner. I think I finally found one that I actually doesn't hurt my feet all the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just got a pair of Brooks. I don't even know what model they are, trail runners. I just got them off REI's outlet. I was like, ah, these look cool. Uh, yeah. they're, to me, that's, like, the most important. Because once your feet are fried, it's, like, game over. You're you're done. If you yeah, don't have – if your feet can't handle it, it's over. Like, you can handle uh, a pack rubbing on your back. You can, pat, you can handle a little bit of extra weight if your legs mm-hmm. are in good shape. And you can handle a lot. But, like, if your feet go – it's over. You're done. Like you're just yeah. going to suffer. Yeah. So that, uh, my, my experience with trekking poles, the first go around didn't have them. Um, and the, with the pack being insanely too heavy, you know, the section that we did the whole third day was just like constant downhill. It was from, uh, we were coming southbound from, um, not Taylor or from, uh, Fontana dam to not Taylor outdoor center. And, I don't know if you remember or not, uh, but that whole section mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. there is just like steep downgrade. And my shins were yeah. like, my knee and my shin was about to blow out by the time I got to the end of that thing. So I ended up like yeah. picking up a stick and using it kind of as a walking stick. But after that, I was like, heck yeah, dude, like trekking poles all the way. I don't care. I'll bring on the hate, you know, because some people think that uh, trekking poles are for sissies. So I was like, you know, I'll take it, whatever. Um, but I ended up just taking one. And so that, that's been really helpful you know, even though two might have been great, you know, one was really helpful for me. So you can kind of modify along the way and mm-hmm. just find what suits you, you know, what, what works out for you. So uh, you mentioned trail runners. So I've got um, I've got a pair that I, I've been really digging a lot. I got a pair of Merrells that I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, the next section that I'm planning, um, I'm considering going like super ultralight because I'm, I'm going to do the section from uh, – basically Fontana Dam through, um, the, uh, great Smoky Mountain National Park. Mm-hmm. And I want to, mm-hmm. I want to hit the shelters, um, and do the shelter only rule. So 
I'm kind of going that route, I think, this next time around. And we'll see how that goes. I, I'm probably going to hate it as soon as I get there. <laughs> no <laughs> way, the man. I think you'll love it. It's. I try not to get hung up on gear. And, like, as someone who's through-hiked, I get that question so much from just anybody, like, you know, anybody who wants to through-hike, anybody who's, you know, considering it, wants to know about gear, 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 gear. And I'm like, get spend 90% of your time researching gear, going to stores and try finding shoes that fit you really well and testing them out. And mm-hmm. then the re- like the the mindset I try and keep now is like you're literally just walking. You're carrying a backpack and walking. Like it's not that complicated, people. Like yeah. it's it really yeah. is supposed to be fun. The main focus should be in my opinion is enjoying the outdoors. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I went, my wife and I went um, this last weekend. We did a 15 mile hike in um, the Pictured Rocks National Lakeshore, and like you know, we're we're not in through hike shape anymore. We were five years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, just had a day pack, a camera, some water, some food, you know, rain jacket, and basically that's it. And, you know, I was dying. Mm-hmm. Like my shit, like you said, my shins are fried. Like I just feel like crap. But like that. Mm-hmm. We knew that going in. Like, you hike a long day, mm-hmm. you know you're gonna feel like that, but that's not what it's about. I got some great pictures. I experienced a completely new yeah. place. I got to just spend a full, basically ten hours in the outdoors, and like that's what it's all about. Like the pack trailhead, the yeah. the crazy stuff that was going on. None of that mattered when you're out there. Even the pain, like you just got to be prepared for that. But if you can handle that, then you can backpack. And the gear is whatever. You'll right. learn that over yeah. time. You'll screw it up. You'll rip stuff. You'll get stuff wet. Like, you'll find out that the the $35, $40 pack liner you bought is no better than the one-cent trash bag that you can get at the grocery store. <laughs> like, it's all, it's all just yeah. stuff you learn over time, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's great. And I, I think that that's what people need to realize whenever they're engaging in these types of activities and like getting into hiking. If you have a love for the outdoors, if you have this passion just to see awesome places, like you can, you can still get to those cool places in like the Walmart specials or like, you know, the, you know, the target shoes. You don't have to have brand name stuff. And so I'm actually, I'm planning an episode later on this season where we're going to talk about like fashion or function, you know, like, is it worth getting the brand name stuff or do we, you know, can we, can we get some lighter, uh, lighter on the pocket, you know, type of (laughs) items that would be just as good, you You know, know so um, I'm looking forward to, to doing that. You know, what's funny is I always wanted to do something and, and if it wasn't going to be a complete and utter waste of money, I would totally do it like tomorrow. I, I've always had this idea in mind where I would go to Walmart and I would have like, I'd give myself a budget, like 200 bucks flat. Like you cannot spend over 200 bucks and just get outfitted for a backpacking trip, like full on and then go out for like yeah. three days. Like it's all you have. You have a $200 limit. You have to get your yeah. pack. You have to get all your food. You have to get your tent. You have to get everything and your sleeping stuff and every, I just wanted, I like, I think that would be so fun to show people like that you can get out there and you don't have to have a, a $3,500 ultralight set up to go out there and have a good time. Yeah. Like I'm confident I could go to Walmart right now and spend 200 bucks and get out on the trail for days. Like no Dude, problem. Let's do it. Let's meet. Let's meet halfway between uh, Florida and Ohio. Let's just meet at a Walmart and do it. All right, dude. I'm down. That sounds. I, I 
you're the yeah. guy to do it with because we can make it happen. We'll have a, a fun backpacking trip because it's yeah. it's doable. And yeah. Walmart, like, actually, I don't know why this isn't a Walmart promo. Like, Walmart kind of sucks in general, but like, <laughs> you could go there. <laughs> like, they treat everybody like garbage, but you go there and get gear and have a good time. Yeah, like, yeah. You can buy a Sawyer water filter at, at Walmart. Like, yeah. Well, <laughs> they have. Well, stuff. the other thing is, like, we're gonna get there and realize that that two hundred dollar budget's not enough at Walmart anymore. So, <laughs> like, they've actually jacked their prices oh, up. So. We'll we'll end up going out with like a sleeping bag and like a bug net, but I'm cool with that I'm fine too. With it, yeah. yeah, I could I could I could totally dig it. <laughs> so so let me take you deep real quick since we were uh, we're talking about I'm yeah. a deep thinker. What uh, what was the biggest takeaway from your through hike? Um, you know what's what's something or I guess let me back up. What what pushed you to do a through hike? And then what was like the biggest lesson learned from it? So those are two great questions. Um, cause those are questions that I ask people who threw hike <laughs> when they come yeah. on the podcast. Um, so the inspiration to through hike, it was just this weird combination of things. Like I have always been somewhat interested in the outdoors growing up. And I've told this story on my podcast like 50 times already, but like, you know, as a kid, I grew up in the outdoors. My dad forced us to do outdoor stuff all the time. It's like just always outside. Um, and then I got into college, got real idealistic, did the whole, you know, save the planet vegetarian thing for a couple years. And then, you know, I was like, when I was getting my anthropology degree, I learned about all these cultures around the world and they still live in these primitive ways. They do these, they, they live off the land and you know any semblance of that you know whatever however you want to take it people are mm-hmm. always oh it's not how they actually you know they're, they're just doing that on camera whatever people still live like that around the world and i was like you know what i've never had to live like that i've never had to experience any hardship i grew up in like middle class midwest mm-hmm. mid, like in southern michigan you know my my idea of a bad weekend was you know having to split wood with my dad and you know do this manual labor and then like you know oh woe is me i was like i've never done anything worth a crap uh and like you know there you read about these these cultures that grow up and they go through these just like brutal challenges to like prove they're a man or to prove they're a woman they 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 uh, native americans would go sit out on a on a hill with no food and water for like days and days at a time uh, some of these cultures, they have to like, you know, get like permanent body scarring and they have to do these like insane challenges. And I mm. feel like, like we've kind of wimped down as a culture. Like we don't have that anymore. We go to school, we go to college, you know, or we go into the workforce and then just wash, rinse, repeat until we retire. And it's like, I've never, yeah. you know, I, I want that experience to like, like I never felt like I I don't, I don't want to, it sounds weird, but like, I never felt like I developed into a man. Like I just was like doing the same old rigmarole mm-hmm. that everybody else is doing. And I was just like, I need a hardship to prove that to myself that like, you know, I'm, I'm more to me than just a, another nine to five, you know, dude doing what he does. And I hit the AT yeah. and it was just, it was life changing, man. I mean, 
some days you wake mm-hmm. up and you feel great and you're having a good day and everything's going to plan and you you see mountain views and you see your friends and you just you know you eat you know ramen and it's so much fun and everybody's giggling and you somebody brought a bottle of jim beam and you're all having a good time and then the next day mm-hmm. it's windy hey you have hail blowing in your eyes you're on the verge of hypothermia uh, you don't want to wake up and get out of your tent, but you know if you don't, you're gonna not make it, uh, and you got to push yourself. And it's this yeah. continual balance of like enjoyment, just miserable days, and like physical, men- mental uh, fatigue, and mm-hmm. it's amazing. I I I feel like everyone should experience that in some way. You don't have to do a through hike, but you should do something hard when yeah. you're at that age where you still don't know what you want to do. You know, like a like coming out into my 20 or coming like in early 20s like i have no idea what i'm doing with my life i don't know i like i still yeah. still feel like i don't know what i'm doing with my life and then you get this like six month time frame to just think there's nothing but you yeah. walking and your brain there's nothing there it's just yeah. you and yourself and that really yeah. like changed me at a core level like believe it or not i'm i'm not joking with you before the through hike before all this stuff i was pretty timid like i was shy like i'm not like outgoing it's like scared to initiate a conversation with another person like whoa oh, oh, i'm not talking to that guy and like now i have a freaking yeah. podcast so to show you the transformation like of what that can do to someone because i'm not scared anymore i've almost yeah. like been in situations where i could almost die on the at i've been hypothermic i've been on the verge of like like death and this like terrified uh, I've run into bears and all the stuff that you're scared of. You that happens. All the stuff yeah. that you could ever think of sitting in a couch at home that you never <laughs> want to experience happens. And then you're like, "What the hell am I scared of? What am I yeah. scared of?" Yeah. And that's the transformation right there, man. Like I yeah. am happy to do what I'm doing right now, and I'm I'm very like much. I'm very much not scared of things. Like you know, I'm not. I'm not like macho man, you know, but I'm, I'm not like afraid to do things. Like I would have never reached out to you before in cold conversation. Like, Hey Tim, you want a podcast? I would never have done that. I've been like, no, I don't want to bother this guy. He, and like, that's that, that life changing thing. And, and you know, not to ramble on forever, but that's like, that's a big thing for me. And it's like, I'll never be able to undo that thankfully because it was just so life altering and, and I kind of yeah. wish I could do it again. Like this, the oh. cards aren't right for me right now. I'm really into podcasting and, and talking with people that have similar experiences, but like, uh, and I'm sure you're getting that experience now too, with pushing yourself. Like you're, you're relatively new to backpacking, but like you said, you've had bad days out there, but you keep going back. Yeah. You just keep going well, back out there because it's so enjoyable. What do you get out of it? Yeah, man, that's that's fantastic. I I had a similar experience, you know, that kind of pushed me to do a section hike. I mean, I'm just not at a phase of life where through hikes even on the table. But most um, people aren't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, unless you hit it like right after college or like right after high school where you're transitioning, then yeah. like it just doesn't happen, you know. And and unless you just like walk away from everything or everything walks away from you, you know. And mm. I definitely feel like you know, for me, I was getting to a point in my career to where if I didn't do something different, like I was just going to have a breakdown. And I, I pretty much yeah. did, but in a positive way or like, I just was like, you know what? 
I'm committing way too much of my time and my thought process to this place that if they let me go tomorrow, they wouldn't even care like what I'm up to. So, you know, it's time for me to find some balance in my life. And so, you know, just doing a short section hike, you know, I found so much like depth to that experience, you know, just setting a goal, accomplishing that goal and like fighting through this inexperience and fatigue and, you know, all that same stuff. I mean, I'm sure anybody's listened to the first couple episodes of, of my podcast. I talked a little bit about my first experience on the AT. It was terrifying. I mean, I, I literally got out of the car onto the approach, you know, from, from the, uh, the dam right there. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't even make it up the ascent. I mean, I was hyperventilating and like mm-hmm. starting to get lightheaded. And I was like, what the heck did I just do? I just got dropped off in the woods for three days. Like with, she's gone, like the ride's gone, you know, and I'm, yeah. I got to keep going yeah. up. And so, you know, everybody who doesn't physically or mentally prepare for something like that and then hops into it, I'm sure it's like a thousand fold whenever you're talking about going on a through hike, you know, you know, you're starting at Springer or starting up at Katahdin and working your way down. Like you get on the, on the trailhead and you start going and you're just like, I can't, there's no way I can do this. What was I thinking? But you fight through that and you, every lesson you learn, you know, it comes from pushing yourself through something or, or working over a hurdle or working over some physical ailment that, you know, starting in, you know, I, I started making a journal, you know, that first, that first hike I did, every day I would just write about the day and all the lessons learned and stuff like that. And so that was a really cool experience. And so me being kind of a deep thinker, you know, that that's inspiring for me. And so like, I'm, I'm working on a book right now, hopefully it'll be out in the next year or so. But, uh, a lot of that stuff that's coming out in that book comes from being on the trail and like the thoughts that just come from being scared, you know, or, or being like way in over your head. But, you get to a point in life where like you got to do something like that or you just go insane, you know, and I, I'm not the type of person that can just punch a clock every day for the rest of my life and be cool with that. Like I need I need some cool experiences, you know, so here I am with a podcast. Yeah. I, I feel that, man. It's like and uh, one of your one of your episodes that really struck me was when you were talking about like hard work and everybody, everybody nowadays wants this instant gratification. And mm. I actually 100% agree with that like I see it all the time and people get frustrated with what they're doing and like I'm a big believer in just like pushing through the the hard stuff because Mm -hmm. I I learned that on the AT I did not learn that I mean my parents taught me that but I didn't internalize it until I threw hike the AT and I'm really lucky in that aspect because I just the cards lined up and I got to do it Mm-hmm. But like pushing through things that suck makes everything else not suck. And I yeah. I don't think that's just an outdoors thing. I think that's a life thing. And oh yeah. When you when you said that on your podcast, I like really like felt that because I understand it because sometimes like a lot of people listen to podcasts and they're like, "Oh, all they do is they talk for an hour and then they put it up online." Like each podcast you're hearing is probably another like three to four hours of editing and, and, and polishing mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And, you know, and, and it's not to complain. Like I really enjoy doing this. It's, it's, but like yeah. through hiking or, or even backpacking for a week is the same thing. For every two days you're out on the trail, you've spent three, four, five days planning it. And it's not always fun. Thing, these things aren't right. always fun, but it's just like work. 
like work is never fun, yeah. but we all still go every day, you know? So, so yeah. if you can make, if you can use the, the, the mentality of like, just push through the crappy stuff, everything gets easier because once you get through that one experience, that one time, the next time it happens, it's easier. You know what to do. Yeah. Like, I didn't know what to do the first time I ran out of water and got dehydrated and then had like a massive splitting headache. But now mm -hmm. I know my body. I know when those signs are coming on, when I'm going to get dehydrated and I know yeah. how to react to that instead of just being right. like, huh. and now it's, now it's just common knowledge to me. Like, Oh, yep. That makes yeah. sense. So no, what's I mean, your, what's your perspective on hard work and, and dedication and stuff like that? Well, I was I was fortunate to have probably the best teacher in the world when it comes to that. My dad is by far like the the hardest working man I've ever met in my life. And um so he instilled that work ethic in me and my brother. I had an opportunity to work with him in construction growing up, and so that was super cool. Um kind of the same thing you mentioned, you know, chopping wood, you know, it's it's not fun, but looking back no. on that, like that's some of probably like my fondest memories with him was just like getting to hang out with him and my brother all day at work, you know. And mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, I, I, op I got that opportunity and it was really cool. Most people don't have that. So I do recognize that as a tremendous blessing. Um, but in my experience and in, in every other workplace, it's just like you, if you bring your A game and if you put in 110%, like eventually it will pay off. And if it doesn't immediately, like most people expect it to, it will in the long run. I mean, I can't tell you how many times, like I've been just, chipping away and chipping away chipping away getting discouraged the whole time saying man they're they don't recognize me or they don't they don't appreciate all that i do but then you know uh i get a fantastic raise or like an incredible bonus that i wasn't expecting at all you know you think it's going the opposite mm. direction and all of a sudden you know you get this huge blessing you know and so not saying that everything that we do in life has to have monetary gain but you, you know what i mean like the stuff that i was talking about what you're referencing it's you know, hard work is, it sucks. You know, it's not, it's not easy to do in the moment, but yeah. it, it, everything you do is a lesson. And like, you're either going to learn from how miserable it was that like, there's better stuff out there, or you take the opportunity to learn from the, the terrible thing that you're going through. And like you said, you know, learn, okay, well now I know how to prevent this or now I know how to like combat this. And so mm -hmm. every, every opportunity is a learning opportunity. And that's, that's something that stuck with me that my dad taught me, you know, like you look for these teachable moments to like teach others and teach yourself. And so, you know, that, that's what my life is. It's just like one big teachable moment. <laughs> so, yeah. One thing, one thing that a lot of people are interested in hearing about, and you've, you've covered this on your podcast. Um, is kids in the outdoors i don't have any kids i think you said you have four kids yeah. so yeah. what's what's kind of your ethic with your children in raising them in the outdoors because it's not always an easy thing like i see it all the time my friends have kids they take them out even try and get them in the outdoors a little bit and it's just sometimes it's just like they're not about it but it sounds like your yeah. kids are into it so what are your kind of goals and what are kind of things you do with your kids to get them into the outdoors yeah, well, it really depends on the day if they're into it or not. Uh, <laughs> so there's there's plenty of days where they're like, yeah, Dad, let's go hiking. But as soon as we get on the trail, they're like, I'm hungry, I'm tired, can you carry me? And so like that gets old pretty quick, and that makes you want to leave them at home. But you know, 
I, I've got the I've got the end game in mind here where it's like the whole reason I'm doing what I'm doing now is because like I would love to do a section hike or a through hike with my kids. So mm-hmm. kind of getting them used to this type of thing, getting them interested in camping and sleeping outside and being out in the in the starlight and around campfires and things like that. Like those cool experiences and like memories of them having a good time and not being like barked at or like miserable. Yeah, you know, will really help cultivate, you know, a love for it later. Cause I mean, all my positive memories of that, you know, I'm hanging out with my dad around a campfire. I'm hanging out with my, my brother and my uncles or whatever, you know, it's, it's all positive. And so, you know, some of the folks that I've spoke with before that don't care for the outdoors, a lot of that stems from having bad experiences with family or, you know, with friends. And so, um, for me, it's, it's, really just a priority to make sure that the times that we do spend outside are I'm extremely patient and like really forgiving when it comes to my expectations and then also trying to find things that are going to be really memorable for them to where it's not just like dragging them along to something that I really want to do like they just better like it <laughs> excuse me but like yeah. you know that's un- unfortunately I think that's kind of how it goes most of the time because a lot of adults are really selfish with their time and and myself included to where like I get mad. Like if my kids aren't having fun with something that I want to do, I'm like, come on guys. Like, seriously, you said you want to come hiking. (laughs) We're going to do a 12 mile hike. Come on. (laughs) But they're like, children aren't rational sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. They're like six (laughs) and seven and four. So like, they're not going to do that. You know, I just got to have a realistic expectation, but you know, it is, it is a priority for me and my wife to make sure that our kids are outside a lot and they just enjoy the time that they spend out there with us. And those memories are there, you know, um, actually yesterday was something super cool. Um, we're homeschooling our kids and, uh, I get to teach them geography right now. And so mm-hmm. in one of the lessons we were going over how to use the compass and like the directions and everything. And so just getting them outside with like a rock and, you know, showing them how the sun makes shadows and all that kind of stuff and talk to them about North and South and all that. Like they they're asking for more geography lessons now because that was really impactful. So like that's going to (laughs) be that's going to be how I hook them, you know, like just giving them really cool experiences to where they they enjoy it and they learn. And then they're like, Dad, let's do it again. So that's my goal. That's what I'm going for. That's that's really admirable, man. And and all the guests I've had that do have kids, it's like the same thing. Like, yes, it's frustrating because I. I try and get my nieces and nephews outside and stuff, and it's the same thing. Like, I love it so much, and they're like, this sucks. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you suck. This is yeah. awesome. And it's just yeah. like hard. It's hard to it's hard to rationalize with a little yep. like a little terrorist child that doesn't care about what you like. You're just yeah. like, you got your priorities messed you, up, man. <laughs> yeah, but I mean it. You can't be mad. Like it does. Right. It does suck sometimes. It's hot. You know. There's no video games and. But, yeah. you know, you, you can't blame them. They're kids. Like, I was the same way, and I love yeah. it now. Like, there's mm-hmm. there's no argument there. Um, another thing that that's really cool is you're into kayaking. It's uh, – it's, I personally love kayaking and canoeing because you get to go to cool places that you don't necessarily get to get with hiking. Um, and yep. one of the things that I was <laughs> – <laughs> on your podcast you're talking they're like oh look here's an alligator i was like dude no i'm from ohio we don't have any like threatening <laughs> animals up here like we have squirrels and raccoons and like skunks and deer 
but we do not have alligators and i don't know if that's just because i'm from ohio and i don't have any experience but like if i saw an alligator and i was kayaking i would be like i'm out that's a no for me dog like i'm i'm gone yeah. how do you do you just yeah. grow up with that and you're just like yeah whatever they're alligators well it helped that i i killed this one so like that that's sweet <laughs> that helps get over your fear um you know, getting getting to hunt them and getting up close to them is is a totally different experience. Um, but yeah, growing up in Florida, you just see them all the time. You know, it's, it's the same thing as like seeing lizards everywhere, or like seeing snakes and stuff like that. You know, if you if you see them quite a bit, you kind of get familiar with them. I still have a healthy respect for them. I mean, absolutely. You know, these things could tear you apart, and you get you get around one around mating season that's a mama i mean yeah she'll be aggressive and so like i don't want to just downplay them completely because they are dangerous but for me like i just i don't freak out about it too much because like i've conquered one so <laughs> i guess that's the main thing but well um, the thing that like i, I can understand you're it, talking totally. about like going into swim you're talking about like going into swimming holes and like like how mm-hmm. what's the safety measure with an alligator like i have no like center or, or or like way of dealing like i don't yeah. know what to do like if you're swimming and an alligator pops up like what do you do like i don't i would be like i'm gonna die well that's all i would think yeah. i'm gonna be honest with you if that happened to me i'd probably be a little, be a little nervous too um that that hasn't happened to me <laughs> yet i've seen them lying on banks or i've seen them like swimming up in the brushes you know on the edges of the lakes and stuff but like um mm-hmm. probably the closest thing that i've ever had to that is like you know water skiing out in one of the lakes nearby you know we're out riding around and you fall off the skis and then like 30 feet 40 feet away a gator pops up you know that's that's a little freaky but um just i guess just being aware of your surroundings where you're at you know like these these random swimming holes in in the woods if they're super black like i wouldn't even get in you know like the the Mm. color of the water and that kind of stuff has a lot to do with it um and then just to like time of year um you know around the fall time is kind of when they're mating and uh a little more aggressive or not i'm sorry it might be the i think it's in march that they're um they're more aggressive uh, falls when we hunt them um Mm -hmm. but i don't know man there's not like anything specific that i can offer as far as like uh you know gator tip 101 but uh they do they do react in a way that like unless they've been fed they will go away. Like they're not going to come after you unless they're in an area where they've been given food or like it's a mating season kind of set up to where they're going to be more aggressive. So all my experience with them, with them has just been like you spook them and they run and then you're good. Well, that's, it's cool because like you talked about, you hunt alligators and that's, that's a South thing. Cause we, we just hunt deer up here. We got like, I've hunted squirrel. I've hunted deer. Like that's about it. Um, yeah. Is that is there any special technique to that? I don't know. I've seen like the shows, like a few things here and there, and like you know, a lot of people are touchy about hunting, but like it's part of the outdoors. I don't have a problem yeah. talking about it. I've had people confront me about it on my social media, but I'm just like, dude, it's part of what I do. I'm not ashamed of it. Like I don't know. I like I don't. Yeah, like I signed up for a hiking podcast. I don't want to hear anything about deer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never said this is a hiking podcast. Uh, it's called yeah. Aptitude Outdoors, not hiking outdoors guy so yeah yeah, i i mean i it's part of what i do like i'm gearing up for hunting season right now and i'm absolutely stoked practice archery 
I don't even like I don't know what you would do to hunt an alligator. Like I have no concept. Is it all gone? Do you is it, is it? There's a to to go through it real quick. You basically snag them with a huge treble hook on a fishing pole, mm-hmm. reel them up to the boat, and then we use something called a bang stick. It's basically just like a 38 caliber on the end of a pole. And uh, when you get them up close to the boat, you hit them on top of the head with that, and it stuns it stuns them. And then you mm-hmm. tape their mouth, sever the spine, and then they're dead. You pull them in. So it's it's kind of a brutal process, um, you know, to do it right. Well, that's um, hunting. Yeah. 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 It's hunting. So, uh, you know, to, to explain it to people who haven't done it before, you need to have a thing about, you know, protecting animals and all that. Like, that's what we're going to do. Like, we're going to kill it. So, yeah, it's part yeah. of it. But, um, you know, that, that whole process is, it's kind of barbaric. It's kind of cool. Um, you know, it, it was really exhilarating to like hook into my first 12 foot gator and like fight that thing up to the boat because it's it's like fishing with a massive massive catch and then like <laughs> you know you get it up to the boat and it's all you can do to like get it pulled up to the surface so whoever else is on the boat can hit it with the bang stick and then you you know you go from there but uh then ho- hoisting them up into the boat is always fun <laughs> um and that can be a little freaky too because they're like uh they're like snakes and other other animals that still have like the nervous system twitch after they're dead. Uh-huh. So yeah. ima- yep. imagine having a 12 foot gator in a John boat with you <laughs> while you're Dude. still hunting and it starting to flop it's, around a little bit. It's so, I, I really want to change that perception of like, like I don't have anything against people who are love animals and love you know, the, the I hate the idea of killing something like I was that way for a long time. But then again, yeah, like there's no more basic. It's not even a human trait. It's it's a like any animal on Earth is hunting something for the most part, unless it's like a squirrel that eats nuts or, you know, ev- like it's part yeah. of the natural process of life. And I was mm-hmm. against it for a really long time mostly because i was scared of it like the thought of killing something isn't Mm. really like a like a good thought you know and we're kind of like in this new age with like with like our generation like i didn't grow up with hunting i didn't really could but like it wasn't just something we did i got into it on my own and like now that i've done it for the last like three years and like I'm not proclaiming to be some like super awesome, you know, Stephen Ranella, like I'm the man hunter. Yeah. You know, I've been doing this since I was born. Like it's just something new in the outdoors. It's arguably hunting is ten times more challenging than through hiking or the backpacking or the AT for me. Like it's so there's so much working against you. And I personally love that challenge. Yeah. Which you seem like the guy, the kind of guy who loves the challenge too. And like when you're backpacking, you can screw up all you want and you can take the mm-hmm. wrong trail and you can get a little lost and it's usually okay. With hunting, you have one opportunity. And if the deer or whatever smells you or sees you, it's over. Your whole yeah. hours and hours and hours of preparation and waiting and sitting there silent and like one twig snap and your game is over. Like that's exhilarating. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if you feel the same way. I don't know if you've, if you've had any experience like that, but for me, it's like, whoo, and then you eat it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you yeah. guys eat gators, but I would. They, I've had gator yeah. before. It's actually not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. We do eat it. Um, I, I unfortunately have not 
hunted anything else like you you talk to me and you're like hey do you hunt i'm like well i hunted gator one time and they're like okay so you're an exotic hunter i'm like no that's like the only thing i've done <laughs> <laughs> well there's no but, shame um, in that dude yeah yeah well i mean it's it was one of those things that, like like i said my brother's like the avid hunter and angler of the family and um he got into gator hunting like 10 years ago and was like hey you want to go and i was like yeah absolutely so you know, I put in, got some tags, and you it's the same process as, as if you're going to deer hunt or anything else. you got to go through the process of getting permits and all that. So um, you just don't really operate any firearms So um, except for the bang stick. And uh, so like, for me, like, I have this desire to, to deer hunt and to hog hunt and do all that other stuff because I would eat it, and I, I do eat it whenever it's available. But, like, um, mm-hmm. I just haven't had the opportunity to do that and any time that I've gotten to a point financially where like I can invest some money into a, a hobby like hunting's not at the top of my list so uh, <laughs> podcasting it, is just, expensive yeah well I mean <laughs> you know getting into to backpacking and all that kind of stuff like that's I'm, I'm going down that road eventually like I would love to do what Steve Ranella does like just do a, a weekend trip go out hike kill something dress it in the field and bring it back like that would be awesome but that's like 10 years from now. <laughs> well, and, and luckily for me, like I'm facing a window right now. If, if anybody's watching the video or listening, whatever in front of me, and there's a cornfield, like a quarter of a mile, like through the cornfield is like a wood lot. And that's where I get to hunt. So I'm very lucky with that. Yeah. But you know, um, it's, it's something that I feel like a lot of people are either on one side or the other. They're like, oh, I'm like an adventure explorer, kind of like backwoods guy, or Mm -hmm. I'm a hunter or fisherman. Like there's like, I feel like there's not a lot of overlap sometimes. And, you know, I could be completely wrong. I'm just going off my personal experience, but everybody I know is one or the other. Not many people do both. Like the guys I hunt with, they hunt. The guys that I go backpacking with, they go backpacking. Not, I'm the only one of them that does both and enjoys it. So like, Mm I don't know. I don't know if it's a generational thing. We kind of grew up in a different era or what, or everybody's different. I don't know. I just, that's what I've yeah. personally experienced. I don't know. It, and it, it, it's kind of like what I was saying about my brother. Like he, if he's going to go hike for an extended period of time, he better be coming back with something like that's just his mentality. Yeah. So, you know, for me, like I want to go hike cause I want to go see a waterfall or like, I want to go see a mountain mm-hmm. top. Like if I get a deer, cool. But like, I just want to go see the scenery, you know, and that's just not how wired, not how hunters are wired, you know. I guess I'm not, I'm not a true hunter. I'm not going to say you're not a true hunter, but that's probably what they would say to us. Yeah, that's okay. I'm used to getting a bunch of crap. Uh, it's just, that's just my life. Um, do you have any cool trips coming up? I know you're, you're always kind of planning your next big adventure, so you can make your sweet episodes. Um, yeah. What's your, what's your kind of goal for the next, yeah. the next season? I know you're coming up to a new year and. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right now I'm planning the beach trip. Everybody's been hearing me talk about this for like a year now. Um, I, I am doing a beach camping trip, hopefully in the mm-hmm. next two weeks or so. Um, I just got to get it scheduled with the way my rotation falls. I work shift work. So, um, when mm-hmm. I get a few, two days in between shifts, that's when I get to do that kind of stuff. Um, and I'm also wanting to do another section of the AT. Um, my last episode I had on a buddy who, who enlightened me about a really cool section that's more further south that's um, that's got some ridge top walking on it. So I'm I'm looking on looking to do some of that, and um, you know I also mentioned needing to do the uh, the shelters uh, through the 
the Smoky Mountains. So I don't know, man. I got a couple things out there that I'm trying to get firmed up. Uh, we got a lot going on with the family uh, this this fall, so it may end up being between like Thanksgiving and Christmas when I do the the majority of it. But um, you know, I'm really game for for anything. If if some pops up, then I'll jump on it. But uh, kind of right now, short term plans is to to do that. And uh, yeah, I'm coming up on a year. I few days few days out and I still haven't figured out what I'm going to do to celebrate it so because it stinks because I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> off schedule well you know what I had planned for my first season I would have been wrapped up by now and I'm like three quarters of the way through what I had planned so I'm not quite quite ready to do the celebratory you know season one ending um but uh I'll figure something out I don't know how about you you said you're coming up on a year yeah. two or you just did you just pass it or are you coming up on it January will be a year. I started in January, and um, we're gonna we're gonna break a year in the end of December. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't. I only do two episodes a month because of the video aspect of it. That's a big time sink for me. Uh, it's yeah. just really hard for me between you know working and doing another part time job, podcasting and and social media. So it's like really a lot to keep up with but that's not an excuse i i'm coming up in a year i'm very excited because i never thought i'd get this far mm-hmm. uh i just i've just started it for fun and i'm doing it now for fun and you know i've just I've, it's been cool to watch it grow like i never thought i'd get 10 downloads and you know i just every yeah. day i look at my downloads and i'm like whoa people are listening to this <laughs> you guys are awesome like what is what is going on all i do is sit at home and talk to cool people um, but I got some cool trips coming up. Um, uh, well, I don't know when this will air, but it's for like two weeks from now, I'm going to explore, since we're based out of the Midwest, I'm going to explore some uh, backpacking, hopefully in Indiana. Uh, I've been doing some mm-hmm. research on some trails, and you know, Indiana is kind of like an Ohio in the vein that like people don't think of it as an outdoorsy state. There's yeah. just kind of like they think of cornfields and, and boring. So I wanted to go explore Indiana a little bit. I've never been there. I found like My a 25-mile loop. Oh, really? Nice. So yeah, she knows the struggle, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, I want to go explore out there. Maybe your wife has some good uh, uh, places for me to check out because I don't know. I just Google it. And uh, yeah. I'm taking a buddy out of mine who's never been backpacking. He's a little bit older than me. He's never had any outdoors experience in the last, I want to say the last two years. He's just kind of like been blossoming into this like outdoorsman. I'm super stoked. And he's like, hey, would you be willing to take, he's like a, he's like a quiet dude. He's like, would you be willing to maybe like go with me on a backpacking trip? I was like, I got you, dude. We're doing this. And we finally got to do it. I'm so excited. And it's a toss up. I don't know. He might absolutely hate it. He might yeah. think it's the worst thing ever, or I really feel like he's gonna love it um, because he's just he's gotten into archery, he's gotten into like just he's him and his wife have been going all over and hiking and all over through Michigan, and they've just yeah. been loving it. And I, I think he's really gonna enjoy it. And I, I'm gonna do a podcast with him after it's over to kind of get his experience on uh, as a new guy, yeah, um, and what it's like. And I'm very excited for that. I'm actually the most excited for that because. I love getting people in the outdoors that don't that have never been out really. Yeah. Um, and then we're kind of tossing up some ideas. There's a we might be going to the Adirondacks, my wife and I, in um, for our anniversary for like a week. 
Um, that's something we're talking about right now. I've never been to the Adirondacks. You know, I've, I've through hiked the AT. I've driven all over the country, but I've never been to the Adirondacks. It'd be something really nice to check out. Um, and other yeah. than that, man, I just, I'm, I'm just having a good time talking to people like you that are, that are in the same interests and same vein of what's going on. And I'm glad that, uh, people like us are working together. A lot of people in this, in the social media world mm-hmm. and in this vein of what they do, it's so competitive and everybody's fighting for downloads and views and blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't care about that. I want to talk to people that have a good time and, yeah. and are interested in the same thing as me. Cause yeah. it's, it, as you probably know, it's hard to find people that like have this interest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, have someone that, uh, that's like willing to come on and talk about it. You know, like I was saying on my last episode, it's crazy. You mentioned that you're planning a trip on the AT or you're planning a trip to go somewhere. And like 15 people are like, Oh, I, I've done that. Or I've done part of that. And it's like, what, what, <laughs> what are you talking about? Cause you would never know. Like there's all these closet hikers everywhere. But like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it is kind of cool to like find people who are like avid outdoorsmen who really, really enjoy it and like be able to connect with them and learn from their experiences. Because I mean, I, I could talk to people for hours about different stories, you know, places they've gone, things they've done. And so, you know, it, it when I when I thought about doing this podcast, I was thinking, you know, it's going to be super easy to find people to come on the show and it's awesome to find people. It's easy to find people to talk to, but it's really hard to get them to commit to a podcast. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know that feeling, man. It's, yeah. it's, it's a little rough sometimes. Um, one thing that I always want to know with someone and, and it's just kind of like a selfish question for me. Uh, what, if you had like a dream trip that you could go anywhere in the world, where do you, where would you go? Uh, I know you talk about, you know, you have places that you want to go all the time in your podcast, but if there was like, you had zero worry about spending money, you know, you could bring your wife and kids with you. You had no mm. worries. Where would you go explore ideal conditions? Yeah. I, I'd have to say the trip to Mordor in New Zealand, man. <laughs> <laughs> no way. That'd be so sweet. I'm a huge Lord of the Rings nerd. Yeah, yeah, I am too. Um, no, I, I think that would be super cool to go over there to New Zealand. Um, there's such beautiful landscape there. But honestly, like, and realistically, um, probably somewhere like on the Pacific coast um, or up in Alaska, like I would, I would love to just spend a week out in the woods, you know, with my family and on something like that. Cause the landscape out there is just incredible. I mean, I haven't seen a picture yet that I'm like, nah, I could pass on that. I mean, everything's just like, yeah, that's, that's the goal right there. So, um, but top of notch, like absolute, top of my bucket list may not be like a long hike, but just a destination is Banff. Like Banff national park is, is the, the top spot for me. I want to go. Yeah, dude, that's crazy that you say that because, uh, depending on how things are going next year with COVID, I have no idea what's going to happen because it's like a complete toss up. Like are things going to return back to normal or are we going to be banned from international travel for eternity? I don't know, but we were in the discussion because my cousin, she just graduated or she's graduating college and she wants to go somewhere cool. And she suggested Banff. And I was like, I'm in, I will save every single vacation day I have. I will go for two weeks. I will do anything I have to do to go there. And now we're like in this waiting game. Like, 
can yeah. we go? And it's very yeah. frustrating because, dude, it's beautiful. And I'm a heck of a lot closer to Banff than you are. <laughs> I know, man. I know. <laughs> we're uh, that's we're like, like neighbors anything, with Canada Anything you plan for us to go, it's like we got to we gotta save for three years just to get out of state. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yep. <laughs> but, but, uh, yeah, but, yeah. That Banff is – it just looks – it's like a postcard but everywhere. That's yeah. what it looks like. And, yeah. you know, my family's not very outdoorsy, so when they said that, I was like, yes, yes, and yes. I will plan it. <laughs> I will get everything set up. We will go there. Um, yeah. We might be staying in tents and eating ramen, but we're going. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're going to be a little so, chilly. It's it's pretty cold in there. <laughs> I'm, dude, it's, it's cold in Ohio. We don't have that beautiful 70 and sunny Florida weather, you know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> That's, dude, like, what it is in, like, like September. Right now, it's like in the top 80s, low 90s to where like you walk outside and you're instantly drenched and the humidity is pretty, pretty crazy. But it is cooling off. I can I can feel this slight bit of fall air coming. The the pumpkin spice is on the on the airwaves. <laughs> it's coming down. <laughs> it's almost here. So, yeah. Well, we got that in full effect. I just I was like I had to close the windows in my house today because it was getting a little too chilly. So welcome to yeah. Ohio. <laughs> yeah, man. Dude, the only but hey man, it was a good conversation. Sorry, I was just going to say, the only experience I have with Ohio is uh, Cedar Point, and that's kind of where uh, my father-in-law oh. got to witness me uh, screaming like a girl. <laughs> so, Dude, I, love I, need, to, I need to revisit Ohio. Awesome. It's only like an hour from where I live. Cedar Point is awesome. So, But yeah, uh, so the, the Zoom makes the delay is a little weird, because you can't, like, we're not matched up I with know. our timing, so... You know what I'm saying? But uh, it was a good conversation, yeah. man. I'm glad we got to talk. I hope we can do it again someday. And, like, we definitely should do the $200 Walmart backpack challenge because I think that would be super fun. Yeah, man. We should, we should yeah. get that on the calendar for, like, yeah, three years from now. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great, man. All right, man. Hey, and we'll I, talk I to really you later. appreciate you reaching out and, and getting this uh, hooked up because, you know, this is a totally different perspective that my audience is probably used to seeing. It's a whole other side of Tim Garland that they, <laughs> they've never seen before. So I appreciate it, Paul. Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah anytime man it was a great conversation uh we'll be in touch as always thanks for tuning in guys i hope you enjoyed that episode as much as i did thanks again paul for coming on and sharing a little bit about what you do and your passions be sure to check out the aptitude outdoors podcast as well as the trail connection podcast on any of your favorite apps as well as our youtube channels and uh we're on social media as well Instagram, Facebook, hit us up at Aptitude Outdoors and the Trail Connection. Thanks again for tuning in. Till next time, I'm Tim Garland. You're listening to the Trail Connection.